Yes, um, hopefully uh, you are taking some time in your home to sing a few songs, to um, be encouraged, but I also hope that um, you are reading God's Word. This morning I was going to um, <clears throat> going to share a message on Hebrews chapter 2, but before that I did want to talk a little bit about... Um, the situation, the times we're living in also. I know Terrell talked about it last week, but I also want to just talk about it a little bit again this morning to encourage you that um, as much as things can seem hopeless and difficult, God is, God is still in control and He is still on the throne, and so we can trust Him. Uh, if you didn't turn to 1 Kings chapter 17 when Dwayne was giving his uh, devotion or his uh, children's class, uh, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. I'd like to read some verses from that story. That story also came to my mind um, with thinking about the times that we're living in. 1 Kings 17 beginning at verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was in the habitation of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these three years, sorry, rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow lady, woman, there to sustain thee. I'm going, to pause, I'm going to stop there because then that goes on to the story that Dwayne told this morning. But I just wanted to share that. I thought it was encouraging to if we think about that God took these two faithful people. I believe there were many others. Um, at one point in the Old Testament there, God told um, Elijah when he was really discouraged that there are 7,000 who still believe, even though Elijah felt very much alone. And as we're stuck in our homes, some of you uh, are not going to work, depending on what your job is, you may feel kind of alone. Even with social media, it's not the same as speaking to people face-to-face. And so, are we trusting God for our daily nourishment? Are we trusting God that He is in control of this? And even though it's difficult and it's uncertainty ahead. Um, We don't have to react with panic the way much of the world around us is reacting. We can trust God. Yesterday I went shopping for the first time uh, in over a week. My wife had done it previously. And yes, there were a few items that were sold out, like eggs and quick-fix soups and toilet paper were close to sold out, I'll say. I was able to get everything that I needed. 
And I think that's partly because we live in a community that has many people of faith, and so there aren't lots of people running out and panic buying. But there are pictures online that you can find of stores where a number of the aisles are pretty much empty. And I believe that that shows that the people are not putting their faith in God. They're not trusting him for tomorrow. Does that mean we don't look ahead and try to prepare? No, but it means that we don't act irrational. And I had to think of another time. Um, not going to read it, but Exodus, the uh, chapters like 5 through 9, talk about when uh, the children, when God was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. That was another difficult time in world history. Uh, going through the ten plagues, there was the plague of the snakes. Uh, there was where all the water turned to blood for seven days. Then the one of the frogs everywhere, in your closets, in your food, in your home. Uh, lice on every human being and every animal. And then there were flies everywhere. And then all the cattle of the non-Jews were uh, died. Then uh, everyone had boils. Then there was great hail, so that if someone was an animal, human being was outside, they were killed by the hail. It was that strong, that large. Then all the flax and barley were destroyed. And then last of all, the firstborn of animals and humans died. And through all that, we see God's faithfulness to his people. Those In that time, it was the children of Israel. And today, it's all who believe on him. If God was in control through all that, is he not in control today? I believe he, he definitely is in control. But there are many people today who don't really believe a lot of the Bible. When they see those stories, they say, oh, that's just an allegory. It didn't really happen. But I actually believe for those of us who believe that those things actually happened, it gives us a calm and assurance that if those things happened in the past and God was faithful to those who were following him, he, can be faith, he, he is going to be faithful in taking care of us. It doesn't mean it won't touch us. Um, as this continues to go on, it does seem to be coming more and more into the U.S., and more and more into our home state of Indiana. But yet, if we are a Christian, we're living in obedience. We have nothing to fear. But I'm going to be honest, this week I do know my blood pressure was higher than normal. I was a little less calm than normal, but with God's help, I believe I did not react or behave irrational like some that you're seeing. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 22. Second Samuel 22, the first four verses. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song, in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call upon the Lord. 
I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And today we don't have, in this country, don't have physical enemies that are bearing down, but we have this virus and some people are afraid that it may take some lives, but we don't have to fear. God's in control. He has complete control over our lives, no matter if there's a virus or not. A few months back, I'm just going to say four or five months ago, I learned some things about the 1918 Spanish flu. And if you get a chance to look into that, it is, it is fascinating. Um, I don't really ever remember people talking about it a lot in the past, in my lifetime, the past 40 years. But 675,000 people died approximately in the U.S. and around 50 million worldwide. And when I was finding these things out, in my mind I said, oh, that could never happen again, not with modern medicine and technology. But as we see, God is in control, and sometimes he allows things like the, the virus to once again remind us that we don't have complete control over life and death. That we can try to prevent death, and that's true, and we have done that as a culture, as, as the world with technology. People are living a little bit longer because of all the ways that we can sustain life. But God still ultimately has control over our lives. And that can be, at least it, for me, it brings peace to know that I'm, I'm in his hands. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to fear when my death may be. I can put that in his hands and trust him. So back to the verses there I read in Second Samuel 22. He is the rock. And if we look at God as our rock, do we feel a lot better if we can hold on to something like a big rock, if it's windy out, stormy, if we can get behind that for protection, for shelter? It's much better than if we're out in the open, exposed with nothing solid to hold on to. So let's remember that going forward. I never imagined a month ago, um, a couple months ago, that we could be here where we're having to hold services um, in a room with three people. But yet, I'm thankful that we have the technology we can so that we can interact and that we can share messages like we are doing this morning through live stream. But a month ago, uh, Dale Eby was at Salem, sharing in our revival meetings, and he shared the story. So those of you that were there that night, sorry, you'll have to hear it again. But there was an interesting story he shared. I never imagined that I would be here a month later preaching to an empty room. Um, But I believe it goes to show that God can use many, many different means of reaching people. A man in England felt led to go to a logging camp up north and preach to men there. He walked many, many miles in a number of days, and he finally reached the camp. He found it completely empty. The men had pulled out a few days before. 
But the same calling that had led him to walk all those miles once again said preach. So he went into the dining hall and there he preached. He most likely felt silly for preaching to an empty room. But he did as the Spirit led. And when he was done preaching, he returned to his hometown and figured that was the end of that story. A few years later, he was walking along a street in London when someone stopped him and said, Thank you for your preaching and bringing me to Christ. Here this man that had been a part of this logging camp had returned to pick up something that he had left behind. And when he came to the dining hall, he heard someone preaching. But he did not go in. He did not let him know that he was there. But he stood outside and listened to the sermon, and the Holy Spirit used this message to bring this man to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so my faith also is that this morning that even though I can't see you physically, that this message can be an encouragement to you and a challenge to you. Turn with me now for, as we do the book study in Hebrews, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them? That heard him. How do we? How do we hold fast? How do we take heed? What are they referring to when they say that we take earnest heed to the things which we have heard? And I believe they were talking about the good news of salvation, the coming of Jesus Christ, and what he did on the cross. And the writer of Hebrews was concerned that. These, the church here, that he was the people he was writing to, would not neglect, would not forget what they had heard. And we need to do the same thing today. We're in a time where there's a lot of upheaval, where people are unsure. And some people turn to the media and they try to keep a grasp on what's going on. They try to have a feel of what's happening by watching by listening to the media. Others are reacting in other ways. But we as Christians should be staying in God's word, uh, staying in time of prayer. When when we're discouraged, when we're fearful, to do it even more and not neglect what we have, God's word in our hands. But, But the writer here was concerned that for whatever reason, that the, they would forget what they had heard and they would let it slip. Verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? 
And we see all through the New Testament, especially in Romans, Paul talks about being careful that we don't take it for granted that as Gentiles, that Christ came to save us also, that we do as the Jews and have fallen away, somehow thinking that since Christ came for us, that he'll continue to pursue us and that we don't have to fear falling away. But here it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? It's something we must not neglect. No matter what's going on around us, we need to be careful that we hold on. I believe also this gives us a chance to speak to others that maybe not don't know Christ, that don't have their trust in Him. They instead have their trust in their own abilities, in their own possessions, their jobs. And then when those things falter or fail, they have nothing to hold on to. With, during this time, we have, a great, we have a great opportunity, I believe, to share our faith and what is helping us to stay calm and to trust that we are going to make it through, that we're going to come through on the other end. But we also shouldn't use this time as a hammer. I believe we need to be careful. We're not just using the fear in people to try to persuade them to Christianity, but to show them the blessings and the good news of Jesus Christ, of what he can do for us. Going then on to uh, verses 4 through 9 of chapter 2. God also, bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will, for unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou makest him, madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death, for every man. We're lower than the angels. We are, we're not in the same place as they, but yet God cared about us. It says, why is God mindful of us? Because of our position. And I believe we find that in many other scriptures where God loves us. He cares about us. He wants what's best for us. He also wanted to make us righteous, and so he sent his son, Jesus, so that could be made possible. And it said that he crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of his hands. He put all things in subjection under his feet, speaking of Jesus. And then we see the reason that God did this is so that he could taste death for each one of us that he could take on that second death. And we'll look at that later. But that Jesus dying on the cross and his blood 
taking the punishment for our sin. That God did all this not to just for anyhow, he didn't just do it to um, just to prove that he could, but he did it because of his love for us and that he wanted to draw us towards him. We also know that um, it talks about that we are lower than the angels. Even Jesus was made lower than the angels when he came to earth. And this part is a little hard to understand. Why did God do this? Or what was the point? And some of this we may never quite understand until we reach heaven. But it is different. There, It is the different temptations that we face than what angels face. The Bible talks about that Satan rebelled and a large number of angels with him and were thrown out of heaven. So obviously they faced the temptation. And some believe that it was the temptation of wanting to be like God. We know that was Satan's fall. So they are temptations to angels, but Jesus came down for us to, to provide a way of salvation for us. And so he needed to come and live in a body and face what we face. And so God made him lower than the angels. But thinking again of being careful that even though God did all this for us, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. We should never get arrogant in thinking that because God did this that we can just then live however we please and that God will just continue to show mercy. No, we need to take a step of obedience towards God then when we find when we come to that place. Now moving on to uh, verse 10. Um, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. We see here, as I was talking about earlier, that the reason that Jesus came, it was so that each one of us could go to heaven, go to glory with him. He came, he suffered, he went through that to perfect the salvation for us. And so it also talks about us being one with him. And so if we are one with him, we should expect that we may go through sufferings too. And so the next few months, years, we don't know how long, there may be suffering because of the virus and because of the reactions that the government are taking. But we know that Christ went through much more. And he did it for his, because of his love for us. And if he was willing to do that, to suffer and go to the cross for us, he loves us, he cares about us, and so he will continue to do that for us, even no matter what we're going through today. And we may suffer more. We may suffer more than just physical hardships of a downed economy or not being able to 
find work like we normally can. But there also may be other times. We may also suffer persecution. Um, I saw an article in the New York Times editorial page. I heard about it and went and looked it up. But there was an article in the New York Times this week basically blaming Christians for how severe the coronavirus is. And the story that came to my mind was the historical story that when uh, Rome burned in A.D. 64, the, the, the leader, the uh, Nero, blamed the Christians for that fire, even though most likely they had nothing to do with it. And so we don't know when we may face persecution, maybe near, maybe far away. But, we may, but there are still times we go through suffering. People go through cancer. They go through other health issues, and we suffer. But Jesus is there. He's walking with us, and he'll be there for us because he, want, he loves us and wants us to be in heaven with him. And then picking up at verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that have the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to the bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sin of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. We will most likely all face death at some point in our lives. At some point we will die unless we are taken to heaven before that But yet we have a high priest. We have Jesus who came down and faced that and defeated the one who had power over death, the devil. He defeated him so that if we are believers, if we have turned our lives over to him and the blood of Jesus covers our sins, we don't have to fear the death the death of us spiritually, our soul. Yes, we still may have some, a little bit of fear for the physical death, but we don't have to phys- uh, to worry, to, um, to fear the second death, as the Bible, the Scripture talks about. Revelations 21.8 says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. If we are walking with Christ and are faithful and trusting Him for our future, we don't have to fear that second death. And I believe that we can have peace in our first death, but God is, God, Jesus is there. He's walking with us, helping us. And we can trust him. And I believe that can give us a calm that when there are times of uncertainty, we don't have to fear. Because we know where we are going. We know that there is a better place prepared for us. Where there are no viruses. Where there are no um, 
uncertainties because God is there and he's taking care of us. But he's taking care of us here so we don't have to fear. Revelations 2.11 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. Jesus took on the human body. He was able to endure temptation and be that perfect high priest for us. As verse 18 there says, He has suffered being tempted so that he could succor, so that he could bless those that are tempted like we are. That he could bless and be with us, help us, that are going through real struggles, things that are... that that we have to face in our human bodies. But that we have a high priest that's there taking care of us, and I'm thankful for that. And I praise the Lord for that. Let's bow our heads for a closing prayer. Father, we come to you again. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross. I pray, Father, that you would just help us to trust him, to trust you, And to walk faithful, no matter what's going on around us, no matter what many people are doing, actions done out of fear or because they no longer believe in you. Help us, Lord, to trust you. Not trust in our own abilities, but to realize, Lord, that we need you. Especially in times like this, Lord. That there are many things that are outside of our control, but we know they're completely inside of yours. So help us to trust and put our faith in you. Let's pray, Lord, you would just bless each one that is out there. Help them, Lord, to feel your nearness this morning and to feel your peace, even if they don't feel a lot of peace right now. And I just pray, Lord, you would bring us all safely through another week that we could worship together next Sunday, not in person, but in our hearts, in our spirits together. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.